you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. has never played in the NFL. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Andes, coming to you from a stadium that is filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Hey, we got prop comedy. It's Mark Sessler, (laughs) prop comedy. The Gallagher of NFL podcasters. (laughs) Just wanted to be comfortable. <laughs> Mark, you have shown up to today's show at Lucas Oil Stadium in the heart of uh, downtown Indianapolis in a full bathrobe covering your uh, clothes. Take us through the thought process. The, the thing madness. I love about Indianapolis, and the reason it was my favorite Super Bowl city, potentially it's up there, is the underground tunnel system or, and, and above ground that allows you to you know, float from one massive indoor complex to the next without facing Mother Nature on any level. And uh, so was wearing this in the hotel, a mm. little bit of, you know, self-care time, and decided, oh. why change? Well, you're, Just but you're right out to the... But then uh, you took it off because you would have been ashamed to walk in front of strangers for the entire walk here and then put it back on here, so... You know, Greg is, <laughs> as he is wont to do, utterly destroying uh, what he would call a bit i'd say it's a very organic process here here is the test now not well not the test that would that's too strong if i could test. see some chest hair or something that'd be nice but I, no one needs to see i asked underneath. if you could take the t-shirt on and we get some of that chest hair because i know you got it because i've seen it and it's impressive got some nice lettuce on the pecs <laughs> i mean it would end it would probably end the show or at least my but element of the show if you really do want to take that next step into kind of the realm of cosmo kramer where you're kind of like the eccentric middle-aged guy <laughs> You walk back to the hotel <laughs> right. with the robot. Yeah. 
Not saying not not saying you should or it's we want you to. Just like that would be the if, move. How about this? If you are going to, I'm not walking alone. If we're walking as a group and I'm wearing it, I will do that. And I'm not going to right. and not 88 conversations about it with people. We just it is it is what it is. I'd say you're already seen as the eccentric middle aged guy. Mm. You don't need I mean, as we go by a bunch of people. It's like, hey, do you guys go everywhere together? It's like entourage. <laughs> I would like the idea of the four of us walking, and then. And then there's Peter Schrager in the lobby. How quickly would Greg peel off to get away from this? No, no, Greg would want. I like to do. it. I like. I like the. I like the contrast. I hope. Like we. See, I'm not going to mention who, but you know, we see a head coach walking through the hallway like we did earlier. Very, you know, masculine guy who literally takes his dip out of his mouth with his bare cool. hand and throws that it was in, cool. in the trash. And then, walk, you know, Mark walks by with his little lab coat. Well. Contrast. And speaking of Peter Schrager, we have an update on the show a little bit later. Yes, All when right, you're ready for it. Yeah. Let's save that. Let's not <laughs> oh, forget yeah. an update on Schrager, of course. Mark uh, ranked Pete quite low, to be honest with you, in his NFL media power rankings. Not many people getting week. away with calling him Pete. Well, you know, good morning football. You know, we're guys together. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Basically part of that show. So. Um, <laughs> We're here at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, rainy Indianapolis, uh, for the NFL Scouting Combine. As you know, if you're a longtime listener of the show, uh, if you don't know, if you're a newer listener, and welcome, uh, they send us primarily to check out what's going on in the state of the NFL because it is a goldmine from that perspective because almost every coach uh, and almost every GM speaks to the assembled media in past years. It was split somewhat evenly over two days this year. There's a bunch of schedule changes here at the combine. Uh, it's getting crazy because they're moving a lot of the actual underwear Olympics into prime time. Maybe all the underwear Olympics. I'm not, I haven't tracked it that closely and they're moving different things around toying with, uh, I guess the changes to the structure, seeing what will uh, maybe the future of this event holds. And uh, so we got everybody just about, uh, we have everybody this week, uh, th- today, uh, Tuesday, and then there's one. There's what three guys speaking tomorrow? For now, that sometimes they yeah. add a guy or two. Um, so we are going to today's show go through all of these conversations, uh, these press conferences with these coaches and mm. GMs, and just give you an update on what's going on around the NFL. I think like 27, 28 teams spoke today. So your team should be mentioned on this show, except for Patriots fans. I think you guys have been covered uh, quite enough. And I just I just want to point out, I don't want to dwell on it, Greg, but can <laughs> we please drop the we're holier than now, we're different, we're better act when you're not anymore? What do you mean? Why are the Who's Patriots we? why are the Patriots not <laughs> a part of this event? Oh, oh why oh, are they the, not um, speaking to the press? I think there's another team or two, but I'm I couldn't figure out who it is because I only count. But not 10 years in a row. Because Belichick spoke a few years ago. Because there's no rule making you, apparently. But at what point do the Patriots drop this act and realize they're just another team again? It's over. Like, the dynasty is kaput. Get back in line. I want your coach and your GM or whomever speaking at this podium that's how you, you presuppose they see themselves inside right. the building. We're I would just say a, it's time. The, team the next time yes. a team makes nine Super Bowls in like 18 years, <laughs> then then that team. Can yeah, but why write too. your own rules? Why can't you do what the rest of the league's doing when it comes to this event? It's ugh, the worst. 
Cowboys? I didn't see anybody from the Cowboys they, today. Yeah, they got Mike McCarthy tomorrow, though. Mikey so Mack tomorrow. They're they are jumping in. Mm. So as we've done through the years, it's tradition. We do a draft uh, to see who wants to um, track which pressers. And this year, just a, a little bit of a, a twist. Um, I, I worked with the fellas to assign each of you to be embedded with one team. And what does embedded mean? Embedded. If they go to the bathroom, you follow them. It means it's not just uh, getting, you know, oh, this guy's going to get the franchise tag. It's not just, oh, this guy said he wants him to be his quarterback for a long time. I want to know what cologne the coach is wearing. I want to know who he's talking to. I want to know uh, his vibe, if he felt like he was good spirits, if it seemed like he had a late night the night before, if it looked like a guy that was gearing up for a wild night in Indy tonight. I want that I want to see what other journos this person's talking to. I want to know uh, how he's dressed. I want to know everything about this uh, teams, the team leaders. That's what embedded is all about. And during the draft process, Mark, you embedded yourself with the Browns. Wes, you embedded yourself with the Bucks. And Greg, you embedded yourself with the Giants in a surprise move. I embedded myself, of course, with the New York Football Jets. So let's get into it. Let's go through some takeaways. From the big day. Greg, what did you think was the biggest story at a combine today? I think it was Matt Rule saying that he's unbelievably excited to work with Cam Newton. I think Ian Rappaport started the day kind of uh, telegraphing that this was coming, that they expected to keep Cam Newton uh, moving forward. There was some intimation by Ian on his tweets that it had to do with the fact that Cam wouldn't be healthy enough. Um, to be traded necessarily in time, maybe even hinting around that, hey, th- I think all these teams are, are checking out what's out there in terms of interest from other teams, just reading between the lines, and maybe that market's not developing for Cam, at least not at this point, you know, in this pre-free agency period, and that Rule was pretty adamant saying this guy, when he's healthy, is one of the best of the best in the league, that he wants to work with him, that he expects him to be his starter. And to me, that's pretty big news. I don't think, you know, I wouldn't like bet my entire fortune on that. He's their week one starter right now, but it looks, it looks pretty likely, which we did not know a week ago. It's quite the conundrum because if you're Matt rule and the Panthers, and we kept hearing that they weren't quite sold on cam Newton. And that's probably because they don't know who he is at this stage of his career coming off a serious arm injury. But at the same time, any interesting party would not know who he is, so his trade value plummets. Right, and also, since we've last heard from Matt Rule, the coaches have watched all of Cam Newton's film. You know, he hasn't played that much over the last two years, and Rule mentioned that, but, you know, they've watched the old tapes too. And maybe it's the front office or ownership which has certain ideas, but now they look at the reality of what's out there in free agency, what they can or can't get in a trade, and you do just get the feeling that, that market for Cam isn't going to happen in the timeline that they would need it to happen because he's not going to be healthy fast enough. So why wouldn't they give him uh, give him a, a shot? And I, I love thinking about uh, him in that offense. And he talked about Joe Brady, his offensive coordinator, which a lot of people are excited to see what he brings to the table. And I think there's more deep shots in that offense, uh, which Cam is, you know, he's a little up and down. He's streaky with. But if you're Matt Rule, why, you're not going to find a better option 
than Cam Newton, I don't think. I, I think they'd still be open for looking at other quarterbacks, but it sounds like he's going to be there. I agree with you in the sense if you're a new coach, too, and I think that Cam Newton is a winner here because I like the way this whole ownership into coaching and overall organizational shift is happening, but do you want to start with an unknown X factor at quarterback or anything they had last year? It just There's also more chips to fall. That- like, the draft could change – but what a lot of these teams do at quarterback, and Cam Newton could still wind up somewhere you else. You could almost but. imagine them drafting someone with Cam Newton, like a first-round quarterback, and Cam Newton's there to try to beat him, to, to try to hold off his job. And I, I said this a couple of weeks ago, and I still feel that way today, and that's why when I saw what happened in the news today with this kind of pro-Cam future in Carolina, I was like, okay, this makes some sense to me because, again, remember, this guy is the greatest player in franchise history. And in my opinion, and this is an MVP. He's had major injury issues. Uh, but do you want to dive into the unknown, the murky unknown of looking for a quarterback? Or do you want to maybe see if this guy that is 30 years old still can still play the guitar, as uh, Leslie Nielsen once said? Do you want to see if he can if he can bounce back and be that guy? And I don't I don't hate that idea either of what Greg said, taking a quarterback higher in this draft. And then if you have Newton uh, for one more year, maybe, and if he bounces back and he's great, you have a decision to make or maybe a really great trade piece. And if it doesn't work out, well, you know. And you gave this great Panther, this former MVP, this guy that took you to the Super Bowl, one chance, one more chance to get his career on track. So I, I kind of think this – I see, see this as a positive development if this is indeed the direction this is heading now where he comes back to Charlotte. Yeah, we're, we're just – we're kind of reading between the lines today. And we do have Matt Rule, uh, you know, talking about Cam Newton. And, and the difference is there's some teams, and we'll get into them, that are clearly not showing their cards or they're showing that they're ambivalent. And I think it's the way that they address the Cam with as much enthusiasm, Cam story with as much enthusiasm as, as, as possible, which kind of tells you a lot. I'm unbelievably excited to get to get a chance to work with Cam. Um, I've enjoyed getting to you know sit down in the cafeteria when he comes by, sitting down in my office. I think he's doing a great job. And for me, you know, the way he balances being a great father, the way he balances being a great you know quarterback, and the way you know the things he's done in the community are are really really important. So I, I want to make sure I say that. And so I'm excited to get him healthy. Obviously, um, you know that's the number one goal for us. Um, he's doing a great job of doing his part. We have to make sure that we're doing our part as we uh, as we try to get him healthy for the 2020 season. Matt Rule, everybody. Good to hear his voice. Uh, in other quarterback news, we're just going to bounce around. We good to bounce around? Sure. When, Why not? We'll go in our little embeds. We'll go, we'll do it all. Okay, and, and jump in if this was a, a presser that you covered, but I'm going to throw some news out there. Um, I thought it was interesting that Mike Mayock was positive about Derek Carr, but maybe not overflowing. He had this to say, Mayock, we're not looking – actively to move him at all we know what we have and we appreciate it uh he went on to say that defensively the team's not very good at all which is very and maybe that is the focus of this offseason for Oakland but he pointed out that Carr had above 70 percent completion percentage that he did good things uh but you still don't get the sense that they're they're in love Wes with the quarterback position because I've was embedded today with another team in need of a quarterback. I've learned to <laughs> see all of this through the prism of <laughs> your, you, the pressure is on to buy the ring. You're dating a girl for a while. The pressure is on to buy the ring. 
And I don't think the Raiders want to buy the ring. Right. I think they see other candidates out there that might make a better marriage, but they're not willing to kick him to the curb yet. They're just waiting to see if something better comes along. Some, someone responded on Twitter to me, the Raiders are married but ready to cheat. You know, it's like I thought Mayock, you know, he did kind of the best combine thing you could do in his situation, which he's actually came out very strong about Carr. Like, you know, he played at a very high level that we have a quarterback who can. Function. He didn't say very. He, he, he said he played at a high level. He he and he kept re- but he kept repeating like he can he can run our offense at a high level. Uh, but then he was like quarterbacks like any other position. And if you had a 10 top 10 quarterback, you're not saying qu- quarterbacks like any other position that you're trying to upgrade. No, and I think Mayock, it's it's a positive for his credibility because you, you can't come out today and give us a whole line about Derek Carr that people just simply don't believe because a year ago, the Raiders came out very strong on the Derek Carr front at this combine. And I think they were definite last year that they and wanted to I, see him for a year. I think they were, but then I think that there were back back channel conversations and whispers that Gruden also had, you know, two months later, fascinations with various players in the draft. And I think this time around, you're looking at the most compelling free agent class, maybe of our lifetime at quarterback and a draft littered with a couple of intriguing quarterbacks as well. And a coach in John Gruden who always has a wandering eye for what else might be out there at the position. And Mayock said how pocket, he thought pocket awareness was maybe the most important trade a quarterback could have and that you either have it or you don't. And I, I was very tempted to just ask, do you, do you think Derek Carr has good pocket awareness? Because I would mm. say that's his biggest weakness. Mm. And so I was reading a little bit between between the lines of what he was saying. There. Mayock's the – I think he's the best guy uh, at this event. He was great last year. He Obviously, with his background, working for NFL Network as long as he did, he's a very well-spoken guy, a guy who never gets boxed into a corner when he's asked a question because he's – Essentially, been doing this for years and years and years. He used he used to just to uh, for people that might not remember or know, Mike Mayock was a big enough deal at the combine when he worked as a draft analyst that he had his own press conference. Like he had a press conference just to hit all the questions people had. Uh, he did a bunch of conference calls, but then he would actually be at a podium. I remember covering them. Uh, in jam-packed fact. crowd too. <laughs> yeah, people. I don't. People want to hear. So he is he is always gonna to me. I find him very interesting compared to so many of these other GMs and coaches where you find yourself kind of drifting a little bit because it just becomes uh, there's so much robotic (laughs) coach GM talk sometimes where they're just so making a clear effort not to say anything that makes headlines. It was funny. um, Gettleman, Dave Gettleman, the Giants GM said today at one point that one he had learned. Uh, that there are no, I'm trying to think what he said. Throwaway exactly. questions. There are no way throw. There are no throwaways, and he was referring to the throwaway co- answers. Throwaway yeah. answers. He was referring specifically to when he said like the computer guys line <laughs> about the analytics department, and everybody took that and run with it that he was an old man that was out of touch. And he said he's now he's learned through working with the New York media to watch everything he says. Uh, but a lot of these guys, you could tell, they're like. One of my biggest goals of this week, uh, besides obviously eyeing different draft prospects, is not to become the story of the day. And I think for the most part, if these guys were looking not to say much, they they, they accomplished yeah, their goal. I think as a group, GMs and coaches, compared to decades ago or even five, six, seven years ago, have become ext- experts and extremely practiced at getting up there and giving you nothing. It's, it's a bit of a stunner if a major news item drops at all. 
That's why you get embedded, so you can read their minds. Right with the well, with the Bucks, the Bucks are a little different. Your your embedded team. Yeah, All right, Wes, you were, likes to fly loose. You were embedded with the Bucks, and again, what does embedded mean? Embedded <laughs> means Wes covered this head coach Bruce Arians and the GM Jason Light like no one else in the building, and this is what he took away from. Well, them. I saw the look in their eyes when they were asked about buying the ring for Jameis Winston. There's a lot of pressure on him right now to buy that ring and get engaged. And Arians and Jason Light both basically said, this person is attractive, bright future. There's a lot of clay to work with here. You can see the potential. But timing is everything. And the whole time we were dating Jameis, there was this other girl that we have a connection with. There might be two or three girls we had connections with. We've known them a long time. We like it. And if there's any possibility we're going to be available at the same time, mm. I need to I need to scratch that itch before I take the plunge on Jameis Winston, before I buy the ring, before we get married. This is what's going on with the Bucks. They need to scratch the itch if the timing works out where one of the people that they've had a connection with all along is available. They don't want to they don't want to get married to Jameis Winston. There's an interesting mm. beeline running through all of uh, Wes's commentary today if you were to uh, isolate <laughs> these comments. Well, I was trying to apply it to my own experience, and we can juxtapose, juxtapose how Chris Bowd and the Colts feel about J- Jacoby Brissett compared to how the Bucks feel about Jameis mm. Winston. But the Bucks, it's tricky because they have to kind of make a decision on Jameis before free agency because of the franchise tag, because if you were going to keep Jameis – most likely, maybe it's a transition tag where you let him get out there and that kind of kicks the can a little bit. They're uh, confident that they're going to know what's out there. Bruce Arians said, right. by next week, I think I'm going to have a good idea of who's available. Right now, I don't have a good idea. But I love that he's willing to just say it. I mean, he essentially said, in so many words, there's a couple, you know, there's one or two guys that, you know, if we could get that, if we get him, then maybe we would move on from Jameis Winston. And they straight up asked him on Sirius, and he said Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers. He said <laughs> Tom Brady, which, which is, you know, he, in theory. He's letting it out. If anyone wanted letting to get you know out. get him in trouble, they could. But no one's going to mind, I don't think. Like, ultimately, he doesn't really care. Well, wasn't the chore pulling Jason Light to this point? Because for years on end, when we've had questions about Jameis Winston, for ages, and Jason Light, who drafted him, seemed to never want to confront those questions. Well, somebody asked Jason Light exactly that. While you and Bruce Arians are up here saying, we want to see what's behind door number two, door number three, door number four, what does Jameis and his agent think about you saying all this? And he basically said, we're not saying we don't want Jameis. We want him. We just want to see what else is out there. And he, you know, mm. he said, I have a great relationship with his agent. We talk all the time. They've made it clear they want to see what their options are before before they commit to Jameis Winston. All right. And let me just read one quote here from Bruce Arians. Can we win with Jameis? Hell yeah. But you have to see if there is a better option. We may we may have some audio. <laughs> A lot of discussion between tagging well you know, done. the likes of Shaq Barrett or Jameis Winston. Are you are you prepared to let Jameis test free agency? We haven't made that decision yet. Yeah, well, it's still it's still up in the air. When do you need to make that decision? When? When I know who else is available. There you go. So it, it, clearly, they are in the middle of the process. 
All right, let's stick on this uh, topic. And uh, Wes, there's another quarterback that a lot of people want to know what his job security is with his current team. With his current team. Well, Jacoby Brissett, and there's all these rumors about Philip Rivers, which Chris Ballard, the Colts GM, will not discuss. He will not even say Philip Rivers' name. Uh, it, it, Ballard made it clear: look, when you go seven and nine. And half of the season you didn't play well. We're still in evaluation mode. We gave him a two-year contract because we thought it would take two years to evaluate him. Um, we we just don't know yet. And he's buying time. To me, if we're going to extend this analogy about buying the ring, <laughs> here's what's going on with Jacoby Brissett and Chris Ballard and the Colts. Plus, you're already married. It's it's too late to get out at this but point. But this is all going to – I'm pregnant. tying it together. This is all going to pay off. It's all going to okay, make okay. sense. Wow. They've been dating for a while, Jacoby Brissett and the Colts. It's serious. Their families are intertwined at this point. They oh, like yeah. each other. They've been to holiday parties where their families know each other. It's hard to disentangle at this point. The Colts wish Jacoby Brissett well. They like they like him as a person, but they're not in love. Mm. And you can't force being in love. So they're going to try to find someone else to marry. That's what's going on. I, you know what? One thing I took away because I did it's not a lot of sizzle in the relationship. You know, you're getting you're you're in your pajamas eating pizza in bed at eight thirty p.m. They're, they're too young for that. More like roommates <laughs> than lovers. I feel like we've done this exact analogy uh, on past shows, but it's fine. It makes sense. Um, I I will counter that Wes with. Listening to Ballard, he said also, and sometimes you could take this with a grain of salt, but said this thing has taken a life of its own, uh, referring to the media speculation that they are kind of done with Jacoby Brissett and they're going to replace him with a new starting quarterback. Do you think there's any scenario where they're going to do kind of like what the Panthers are, uh, you know, are looking at and they're, they might stick with Jake Brisket? For another year, or do we all are we all in agreement, or you guys all believe that this this is a team that is absolutely ready to move on with a new QB one? Well, you only heard part of the conversation. He t- he spoke about Jacoby about six different times, and the part you heard was, "I don't want to hurt Jacoby's feelings because mm. I really like him a lot as a person." That's the part you heard, but you, you didn't hear the part where he said, "We're going to create competition there." You know, he he didn't have a good second half of the year. Part of the record was on him. Look, I know a lot of guys are injured, but you can never point to injured wide receivers. Yeah, he did not excuse his right? injury issues, his knee. I I think if they if Jacoby Brissett starts week week one, it's because they swung and missed so many times at trying to find his replacement mm. and couldn't find. He him. has a lot of guaranteed money. I do think there's a chance that he's their week one starter. The biggest thing is Philip Rivers is possibly a guy that they're going to have competition for. They don't know. They don't know that answer. Even if in Chris Ballard's heart, as he's up there on the podium, his number one option is to get Phillip Rivers. He doesn't know at this point, I don't think, whether that's going to happen or not. So you have to be but ready. They, I think there might be a chance he knows, because just because of his relationship with Nick Sirianni, and Frank Reich, that, that Philip Rivers is actually really close with Nick Sirianni. Right, but if if Philip Rivers is, you're right, it's it's possible. But you, you hear Arians throw a name out, and if Philip Rivers' agent is out there trying to get the best deal possible, it's still very early in the living process. in Florida. I mean, do the do the Colts have to evaluate not the Philip Rivers experience overall, but the Philip Rivers struggling last year? As an actual upgrade over Jacoby Brissett, sure. I like Philip Rivers better. But th- you talk these are th- Philip Rivers. Frank Reich likes the player a lot. The whole organization really loves Jacoby Brissett, the person as well. So I don't think that they're rushing into anything. You're kind of you're banking on that 
late period Brett Favre type scenario where he kind of was a turnover, turnover machine in that one year with the Jets. He went to the Vikings and he was 38, 39, but was completely re- revitalized. Maybe the change of scenery. I like the idea of Phil Rivers playing eight games in a dome at least and playing with an offensively gifted coach like Frank Reich. It all makes so much sense, and I think that's why everyone is like pointing to that as the most logical destination. But it's still, it's still a stopgap because the, the, oh, for the sure. next year of, of Brett Favre, he fell off a, a steep cliff into total darkness. Look, He's I, a bridge. I, I just disagree with you. I think the Colts believe if Philip Rivers wants to go there, he's he's their guy. Hmm. That's what that's what I'm getting. But for at. how long? I'm just saying Jacoby Brissett at that point becomes the backup. I don't think yeah. it becomes, hey, do we think Rivers is better than Brissett? I think if Rivers wants to go there, he's their it's guy. On. And, and Brissett has guaranteed money this year, so you could keep him as a, as a highly paid backup. One thing I thought was interesting from Ballard is in the past he said, we don't want to be that first day of free agency, make a splash move type of team. We need to have our team kind of ready until we're, you know, prepared and built up before we're that type of team. And this year he says, we're ready. Like we've built our infrastructure. We're ready to go get it. So he, I think is wanting to spend all that cap space that he has. And I think could be a team that would be interested in some of the high highest profile free agents like Amari Cooper or Jadavian Clown. I already made this prediction though. There you go. I, I said, they're going to win the off season. So, mm. I don't know. I feel like you're trying to reframe it, and then you're going to try to take the glory when they have a big free agency. That's how it feels to me, Greg. High stakes, to say the least. I had forgotten I had forgotten that uh, that moment in our <laughs> podcast history. <laughs> that shining I, moment in our history exciting. of our show. <laughs> um, uh, Wes. Yes. There's another, uh, there's another quarterback out there, gentlemen, that everyone's like, eh, I know they're, they're, they said they're behind him. But are they really behind him? Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears. Who talked to who? Well, maybe you talked to him, maybe you didn't. Uh, who uh, was around? I was hovering the, around there you go. Matt Nagy. You were hovering. And, yeah, and there was, you know, this came a, a, right around the time that there was word from Ryan Pace, the Bears GM, that their decision on Ryan Trubisky's fifth-year option would come in May. They don't, they don't today know. And the vibe I got was, I feel like Matt Nagy has been in to play off the Wesleyan um, you know, thread here in a bit of an arranged marriage with Mitch Trubisky and, and not able to really fight what is the tradition he's stuck in where you can't really, if you're in an arranged marriage, probably there are a lot of issues, but you can't really complain to uh, the family or anyone else because this is steeped in deep, you know, cultural and religious ties when you have an arranged marriage. And they, and they, and they religious. well, I'm just saying that's how it works in some cultures. But Trubisky, to me, is someone that they have aggressively talked around as the problem. Matt Nagy today talked about bringing in John Filippo and Bill Lazor and all these other guys to reimagine the offense and calling the offense, in, you know, we're in multiple years into the Matt Nagy adventure here, an offense that needs to figure out what its identity is, that it completely lost its identity last year. And he talked more about the running game, I thought, than the air game with Trubisky, where, I mean, mm. come on, we know what the issue was there and how it all suffer- suffered and struggled because of Mitch Trubisky. He did get real about the fact that Trubisky's responsibility is to come in in a couple months and know this offense better than any of the coaches, which was not the case in the past, which is an indictment, I think, of, you know, he's a young player and they keep making excuses for how young he is and all this business, but he is not performing where you're looking at other guys like Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson who are taking off into the skies. So more accountability, but I heard nothing to suggest that they're about to move on from him. We nothing. Be- we believe in Mitch. This was uh, Pace. 
Mitch knows he needs to be better. We need to be better around him, and that's our goal. They all, uh, Nagy also mentioned a shift in their offensive philosophy and also that they he didn't even – here's the thing that is on my radar a little bit, and I still believe some of this is all posturing, and I, I, I still would be stunned if they don't have um, a capable backup um, or I think someone. That's, I think they've indicated as much but that they're not going even, to chase Daniel route. They want someone that can compete a little bit. He said that he said that they want competition at all all positions. But the GM he stopped short of revealing whether Chicago intends to add another quarterback via free agency or the draft. How about just say it? How about well, just say we? Well, they literally don't have any other quarterbacks on the roster, so they have to. Yeah, they well, have that's to, true. But there was this one, and I I give I think Matt Nagy his thing. And when we sat down with him at the owners meetings last year. He's a positive energy guy. He's not he's not someone that has any desire to call people out. But the fact that he basically talked down the Trubisky drama by saying that, you know, we live in this world of instant gratification where you want players to grow up. Well, yes, you do, because we're seeing that happen all over the league. And how many years, how many jobs will be lost if you have another hideous campaign with Mitch Trubisky and all this flowery coach speak? There, there, there is there is very little accountability about the fact that the player is not advancing at the speed other NFL quarterbacks are advancing today. All right, Mark. Do you ever hear about being Shanghai? Tra- <laughs> I've heard the term. Trap door in, in, the, in the floor in Portland in the bar right around the turn of the century. Yeah. Opens up. You get sent on a ship to Shanghai, is and this, you're never is this heard problematic from again. In 2020? Sounds like a Wesley night from about three or four years ago. <laughs> this is what should happen to every single coach who's, and GM who says we want to create competition at every position <laughs> yeah, for every question they're right, asked. Concerned. Get rid of it. Get Shanghai, Wes. I meant to ask this a few minutes ago, but uh, during your, um, you know, time around Chris Ballard, did you notice anything that you know surprised you or seemed a little? I don't know. Unusual. Whatever it was about him that you and Greg both saw a couple years ago and could not put your thumb on it, Ravens GM Eric DaCosta has the exact same thing. Hmm. (laughs) They are two peas in a pod. Greg Greg is not happy to be connected to this at this point. Greg was originally on board. Yeah, I think I. He's distanced. You absolutely were a driver of that narrative. Uh, Greg was standing next to me. Right. And you both agreed there's something a little bit different here. Something's up. Embedded, Sessler, or maybe Sessler, embedded, Cleveland Browns. Uh, They did not strike me, Andrew Berry, the GM, and followed by new coach Kevin Stefanski as people that stayed out late last night or are planning to stay out late tonight. They have the vibe of uh, like-minded brainiacs um, who are very well programmed to say very, very little. Uh, I think some of these teams that need good PR or need to introduce new people for the 18th time in 19 years, roll out GM and coach back to back. And that's what Cleveland did. A few things I learned was that I got the sense that uh, Kevin Stefanski is very open to keeping Kareem Hunt along with Nick Chubb, calling it more the merrier. Where I think there were some, you know, with Kareem Hunt's off the field stuff uh, in the past in this offseason, maybe they don't uh, see him as someone that's part of the team. They've already, he's already in his tenure to deal with the Kareem Hunt situation Sound like he's very open to it. Um, David Njoku, another guy, because I think if you look at Kevin Stefanski's offense last year in Minnesota, two tight end sets were prominent and used uh, at times for, by the Vikings uh, successfully, and I think that they want to keep him around. But there was tr- whispers before Stefanski hit the scene that Njoku could be on the trade block, along with Joe Schobert, who they've seen that they're going to talk to. But What about, what, what about uh, Odell Beckham? Because Barry said, you know, I come from uh, the, you know, 
Howie Roseman's family. I'm a wheeler and dealer by nature. I, I will listen to any phone calls. I was a little surprised he didn't shut down talk that Odell would be traded. Called him, in quotes, part of our future and said that a number of times. So, But I, but I think at this point they succeeded in really nailing down nothing. I, it, their answers were uh, mechanical, clipped, uh, practiced, I thought, and they both struck. <laughs> Mark's wearing a bathrobe right now. I just... <laughs> I, I... <laughs> He's talking very seriously and clinically about his favorite team, the Browns, in a bathrobe. Just a, another reminder. Well, I mean, it's, you know, th- yeah. And the, the, I, I got deeper into these two pressers <laughs> thinking there aren't a lot of huge takeaways here. One thing that I did sense that was very different, obviously, from Freddie Kitchens and previous incarnations was this sense that when the players hit, in April, that it is going to be all business. That they they had come. They said they had basically spent these weeks and months coming up with specific projects and um, very specific must-reach goals for all key players. Where I think that that was the reason the shift happened this offseason. That those goals and that level of sort of sober approach to all football was utterly missing under Freddie Kitchens and company, and that is entirely gone. So if you want a mm-hmm. vibe, I got a vibe of. Football first. We're not here to win the press conference. They did, they're both very eloquent, and I thought they did a nice job. But it wasn't like, Embedded. oh, yeah, I, I, oh, wow, these personalities. I must go spend mm. time with them. I think that they were holding back on their personalities. I, a I bit. was embedded in a in a walk and talk with uh, Whoa. Chris Wesseling and Mark on the way over here. No. And uh, there was a I lot. Thought of, you going to say something yeah. important? What more hey, secrets are you going to are going to share? Let's with not the group, get too Greg. fast and loose with uh, embedded branding. It, okay. It's specific <laughs> okay. to uh, this project. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> there was some concern, or at least uh, notice, that Stefanski was more slight of frame than you expected. I think an observation, mm. Wes. Well, he. Mm. You see him on the sideline, and then. I think, you know, his whole persona he comes across. We heard from Mina Kimes that her husband, these guys played high school football. Like, I expected a bigger dude. Maybe 5'10", 160? I don't know. Not not a big man. Mm. Not a good-looking man. Not looked, that there's anything wrong with that. Very good in person, by the way. Good-looking man. Any other embedded takeaways before I don't. Out? I don't want to steal from what may be hotter information from okay. the other embedded uh, camps. Greg, what did you think was the biggest story? Oh, uh, I, th- I think he meant the Browns. No, I'm saying I think that's I've dumped the notebook on a mm. on, t- on back-to-back Browns press that did not tell me as much as I wanted to know. Okay, let's get embedded with the New York Giants. I mean, when you get embedded with one team, you want to get embedded with the other. And uh, the Giants today, <laughs> wait, <okay>. what? <laughs> <laughs> you just want to get in bed. You want to get in bed okay. with lots of teams. Okay. Joe Judge would not be a, a, a fun um, coach, I think, Nuh-uh. to cover from the initial. Um, how many handshakes did he give out today? No handshakes today. Famously gave handshakes out to everyone at his introductory there were, press, th- con- there press was, conference. There was a lot going on without him saying anything. One started the press conference incredibly early. Uh, the, he was the he first, wasn't alone. He was the first one of the day, and and he started eight or nine minutes early or something like that. They all started early. Tom, Tom just, Coughlin, just that. Coughlin time, um, trying to be cool. <laughs> Still have it out for the Giants. It's yeah, over, I mean, man. Let I, it go. I, sort of no, see what's I like. Here. I'm, I want the. Uh, I want this post. Um, you know, this post Eli Giants to be interesting, and they might be, but it's an interesting situation right now in February because he literally said he's not going to speak about any player, not any player on other teams <laughs> on his own team. He, he won't say his quarterback's uh, name. He would not say his quarterback's Oof. name. So the whole 30 minutes. He's playing games. My, That's a one, red flag. One, my, one of my takeaways from this embedded um, 
you know, exercise, exercise was Assignment. that Joe Judge is wearing the pants in the relationship because Dave Gettleman, who loves to fly off the handle, who loves to say a lot of things, and he said some uh, funny things today, uh, ultimately was going with Judge rules. So everyone, for some reason, in the Giants press corps, kept, like, asking the question, is Daniel Jones your starting quarterback? Well, of course he's their starting <laughs> quarterback. Stop it. But because... Joe Judge wouldn't say Daniel Jones's name and this was doing so stupid. It's so stupid. And it was doing the whole thing where it's like we got to have competition at every position that for whatever reason, half the Giants press corps got all excited about that and was like, ooh, do we have a quarterback controversy? Which is obviously they're not drafting another quarterback. With who? Get real. And Dave Gettleman even started getting annoyed at this these questions. But you could tell he had been almost trained by the Joe Judge uh, philosophy, and that so he wouldn't go there. And he just started, you know, personally uh, naming uh, the media guys by name, saying that's a bad job. You know, saying these questions are a bad job, but he wouldn't answer the questions. He did ask the question, well, who, who was our starter in the last game of the season? You know, it was Daniel Well, Jones, they're also of one of the teams that came out absolutely set on fire at last, last year's combine with right. two hideous press conferences. Right, and yeah, <laughs> as Dan mentioned, he was, you know, upset about the whole analytics thing. Uh, but it's funny, it, you know, he's trying to pretend like, like just own that. He when he speaks about analytics, he still says he's like, "Oh yeah, we're we're doing the analytics." I mean, that's not really like, <laughs> you know, what he's, he's like. I don't I don't talk about it. Like, it's oh, like yeah. searching the he's Google. Like, he's like, you know, we're we're doing it. It's you know, a wicked we, big secret. We don't we don't talk about it a lot, but we're, we're doing it. We got that covered. He also <laughs> says he's like, I've done studies on this. I don't have to answer every question at the combine. That's <laughs> no, what he said, like, which is a funny answer. I like that. The thing that would annoy me though, if I'm a, a Giants fan, more than anything, was him repeatedly going defense wins defense I wrote wins. that down too that drove me nuts defense wins championship and G- defense wins championships loved and that. offense you know offense it, it's there and he immediately mentions the super bowl stat where when the number one defense plays the number one offense the number one defense wins well that's a, that's a stupid stat it's a it's not a stat that tells you it's no longer relevant much about anything it's it's a tiny sample size and it's just i'm not saying defense doesn't matter of course it matters by the way dave gettleman's been there for a few years their defense is terrible so he <laughs> he has to bear the weight of that and he's mentioned and he's trying to put it on the previous gms that look we don't have these giants uh, veterans that have been there a long time that are true New York Giants and it, okay that that's fine but you haven't really brought too many in you've had a couple decent draft picks but well, you've deep, moved a bunch of veterans off the it's team. one of the most talent poor teams in the league Rosenthal embedded take us deeper now Greg I w- one thing uh, another thing that I was surprised about Judge was not commanding the microphone interesting and uh, maybe he's just not experienced with um, the combine but Thomas Dimitrov was right next to him. He showed up on time. I mean, he started. It was eleven o'clock. He's gonna start at eleven. Joe Judge, when he's speaking, can I say it again? Because eight guys spoke at the same time at that opening, and it was only two at or least three, five or six. Two or three were early. early. Two or three were early. You're right. Well, also, but okay, Dimitrov's voice. You couldn't hear Joe Judge because Dimitrov's voice was so booming, and he was next door. Yeah, this was like a problem. Of these, this was yeah. a problem with several people because it's too crowded now, and they have too many guys going at the same time. It's hard to get close enough to ask the questions, and it's hard to hear one guy when the other guy's shouting him down from 10 feet away. I think the Giants press corps has this same um, level of, let's see how this goes, that the Jets press corps did a year ago. One, 
Joe Judge hired the same staff that he was going to hire at Mississippi State. Whether that's good or bad, whatever. It's a it's a unique staff that they're looking at. And then I do like the one thing he gave away that I appreciated was all the coaches are living in the same – the Giants coaches are living in the same apartment co- complex right near the facility. So they're all just, like, living together, and everything is together. It kind of reminds me of that Mike Pettin story well, a couple, where uh, Yeah, a couple lived. teams do that, but I think that's because that speaks to – organization in flux. You're not all buying homes scattered all over I the tri-state area. Clavon throughout this would be a good reality show here. The, like the, you know, what are they doing at 9 9 p.m. at night in the old You complex? think Judge works with with today's type of players? Speaking the, the way you are about him. And then you've got Gettleman who I've never heard a GM disdain offense the way that he does. It just mm. seems like an odd fit he with w- the today's millennials. <laughs> he won't even say his roommate slash coach's <laughs> names until they prove himself to him. I don't know about that thing. He, come on. What some with these some of these guys? It's just ridiculous. You're, well, just dance, it, you're making Daniel these Jones is rules. a first round pick last year who thrived at points last season. The franchise legend quarterback just retired. You know what? We don't have to get cute here and not bring up Daniel Jones's we name. We just wanted to talk what, about what his a waste strengths. of time for everybody. Don't you? Stra- these guys strategize before they come into these combine pressers, which are one of the infrequent times you speak all offseason. What an odd tactic. Well, he he said, you know, and he really spent most of his press conference explaining this policy. And like that was, <laughs> oh my like, God. was so bad. <laughs> the explanation was essentially, I want these players to know that there's no preference and they all have a clean slate and so that when they get you know that i'm not making any opinion on them till but the way you said it like that's fine but to hammer it home relentlessly is a bit odd stop me if you heard this before belichick disciple goes to a new city and immediately has an identity crisis because he thinks he's bill belichick yet he hasn't earned the stripes yet like belichick as opposed to like let's say mike Vrabel, who you know played under belichick and he has a certain uh confidence uh swagger you would even say he doesn't care what he says up there he's giving reporters the business people are asking about tom brady i couldn't believe it he was talking about tom brady a ton he wasn't worried about that at all we've talked about it and everyone's talked about it for years andy reed has such a successful coaching tree that he's known as the godfather the bill belichick coaching tree it's like when you take i don't know if anyone's ever had to move a tree or a a hardy plant and try to put it elsewhere on the property weekly. And you hope that the roots take, uh, but it just ends with a really brittle. Well, you yes. guys all use I landscapers. I mean, you love Bill O'Brien. No, no. No. I'm with you on this. Okay. Yard man. <laughs> but yard man. <laughs> yard man. Uh, that's what it feels like with this Belichick uh, coaching tree. I, I, that, well, your, I, guy O'Brien, your guy O'Brien is. He's the only guy. No, Brian, he, Brian Flores did a nice job. He's got to get a little I, credit. He's, he's got to yeah, get just like Flores a smidge of credit for like the greatest college football coach of the last 30 years. I mean, that, that should count Who? for something. Nick Saban. I'm, well, uh, not if you're only talking about the NFL. I'm just saying that, right. that, that counts for something. <laughs> Let's stick uh, anything else in your embed. Uh, I think that's it for the embed. Okay. Kansas embedded. All right, we'll stick with the New York teams. Adam Gay said absolutely, absolutely nothing uh, of interest. I, I, I found. I think he was. How was the body language though in the overall presentation? You know how he is. He's got the hat pulled down low. He's wearing. He kind of was dressed like a dad going golfing. He was wearing all Nike gear, but no Jets branded gear. Uh, Did he go double zipper? I saw a lot of double zippers today, like the zip up, but then another coat over it with the double zip. I think they're getting their swag. Some of them are getting their free swag and starting to pile on. Um, But he he basically kind of kept things close to the vest. He he someone asked about Sam 
Darnold and, you know, the issues with uh, the health last year. And uh, Gay said, we'll be nice. We are past the mono thing. Got that thing checked off health-wise. Saw Sam Darnold. He looked healthy to me. We Oh, we have to touch on that. Um, but right now we're in my embed. And then we're going to get to your <laughs> airport adventure. Don't bury the lead, though. Um, then right after, as Gase left, he did have some dip in his back pocket of his jeans. Mm. So maybe this is you a like thing. that. You don't like that. I, oh, it's he definitely was, he was not, not he, healthy. He was not the coach that we saw. He was not that coach. Hand. But now we have one guy that's scooping and slamming into the garbage <laughs> can, and then Gase clear. Now it could have been bubble tape, you know that that candy. It could have been that too. Uh, I don't know. I think you'll see this is a, a big habit league, that's league, pretty common amongst yes. coaches of a <laughs> certain age. Is chewing bubble tape? <laughs> Probably still, not. Is that still a thing, bubble tape? I don't yeah, know. It up. was. It was in 92. I don't know if it still is. Joe Douglas follows him immediately, and the GM actually could get some real information on Joe Douglas. He looks like a, a country star. I know nothing of country music, but there are these hearty, beefy guys with beards that are very successful in the country music scene. Like We'd have to work on his name. He'd have to be like Blake Doug. Yeah, he needs to work on that. But Simple like, Joe. think like <laughs> Eric Church. Have you seen? Have you ever heard or seen Eric Church or no. Chris Stapleton? Are these guys? These, he kind of looks like that type of vibe. Uh, and uh, in terms of news elements, this Jamal Adams thing is something to continue to watch. He said the plan is for Jamal to be a Jet for life, and they are in preliminary uh, talks. When he said that, I got a nice little snapshot. This is a little in-bed heat right here. How, and the beats are different. And it's so interesting to be at this event and see the difference level in competition on the beats. So if you are at the Cincinnati Bengals podium, as I was for Zach Taylor today, and I'll get to that a little bit later, uh, pretty laid back. It's quiet. Pretty laid back podium. Yeah. And the crowd around it is fairly sparse. At one point, Dan and I were about you know, 40% of the crowd. And then I left. But just the, the, the Jets beat is very competitive. It has some guys that people know. There have been some homicides inside that beat. <laughs> Things have happened on that Jet beat. We have our good buddy, Connor Orr, who, by the way, terrible news uh, that I got during the middle of these press conferences, a text from Connor Orr who came down with the flu. Was going to be on this show, and right? And didn't even get on the plane. Mm. I changed my flight we home gonna when have I heard him. that uh, to a day earlier. We were going to gonna have Connor, here. and now we will not have Connor, and we will not have him at St. Elmo tonight, oh, no. which is just crushing. That is cr- he's, he's a big St. Elmo's booster. He's a glue guy, too. He is a glue guy. He's a huge glue guy, and to lose Connor, I, I feel like Greg's sentiment where he tries to like put down the gathering – Without Connor there to <laughs> never, counterbalance it, it never happened. I'm worried that we're going to lose the ship here. It happened one time that I was just like, "It's a good, it's a great experience," but like we don't have to pretend that the 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 steak is 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 fantastic. You to know which I, mean? I said, "It's, it's not, not about a, the meat. It's about the meat. It's about the meat." That's fair. Where we, we need a new first we, lieutenant. We, I'm sorry, we got sidetracked. <laughs> that does not the, work as well audio wise. The Jets. Uh, the Jets. Uh, <laughs> The Jets. Connor Orr used to work the Jets beat, and he told me some crazy stories. When uh, Joe Douglas says the plan is for Jamal to be a Jet for life, I saw two Jets beat scribes. Uh, beat scribes. <laughs> that's a real thing. Uh, the Connor Hughes of The Athletic and Manish Mehta uh, of The Daily News get into, you know, they're standing, standing about six inches away from each other in a race to get the tweet up first. The phone comes out of the back pocket. 
bang, and then you're typing, 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 send. And I'd love to check, and I will not, but imagine, uh, I believe, I believe Connor Hughes beat Manish by mere seconds, and that had to hurt. I'd be concerned for the Hughes family if that's true. Rough offseason continues. Um, and last note on the Jets, uh, positive comments about Le'Veon Bell from all parties. They're trying to, you know, kill that story or the report. Are that you buying that? He was heavy. Uh, th- I think they're, they feel like we're stuck with them for another year. Then they're hopefully Adam Gase is taking the smart tact of no longer trying to create headlines about the guy. Just try to get the most out of him. The Jets, it's very clear what we're going to see from the Jets uh, this, this off season. And they, they have a, I believe they could be in the running for quote unquote winning the off season as well, because their, their needs are kind of high profile. They need wide receivers. Uh, they need an edge rusher. They need cornerback help. They need line help. It's those four spots that they need. I think a wide receiver especially is somewhere where they're going to either go huge in the draft or make a big free agency or trade move. And Robbie Anderson, the one guy there that people would have an interest in that's a free agent, he was asked directly, is Robbie Anderson a number one? Joe Douglas was asked. I view him as a dynamic wide receiver who could take the roof off a lot, of, and a lot of teams are looking for that. He won't call him a number one because he's not. I think Robbie's gone. I think they are going to completely reboot the uh, weapons around Darnold with Christopher Herndon at tight end and Lev Bell in the backfield and an entirely new offensive line. And um, it's going to be expensive, but they have the money and they have the draft resources with some trades they've made. I wonder so. if they might be one of these teams that would look at Hayden Hurst on the Ravens because there's whispers that – Hurst they love Herndon. They love Herndon. So I think they're. I mean, Herndon. Right that's there. fine. Good news too. The field. You saw and you saw Sam Darnold in the at the airport. I'm I mean, not that, done with my in bed, oh, but okay. then we're going to do. <laughs> Good luck, Joe Douglas. Story, doesn't have a wedding <laughs> ring on, so ladies, he's available. Large beefy man. I mean, and that's it. Now let's get to it. Common man rankings. He, oh, last he's question. Definitely a common man. Very ranking, common. Right? La- last last comment. <laughs> The last question Adam Gase gets, and Joe Douglas followed him directly at the same podium, was, hey, your boss, Joe Douglas, uh, said that uh, there needs to be better communication top to bottom uh, in the organization. And Joe Douglas stopped and listened to Adam Gase's answer. And I felt that Adam Gase probably had Joe Douglas in his sight line when he was answering the question that publicly uh, put his head coach on the spot to be a little smarter and better in communication. That's some of the fun stuff that happens well, on what world, Tuesday. Whose boss is who, <laughs> wow. though? Yeah, that, is, they, Joe, is Joe Douglas Adam Gase's boss? I guess I he's do, not his boss. I they both report to the Johnsons. That's, 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 that's true. It's very messy. Um, all right. You met Sam Darnold, my boy, at LAX. Take us through it. This was one time, and it was very surreal. I went up to this. Um, it's, Delta at LAX has two terminals. One is new, uh, brand new. International, beautiful. The other one is small and dumpy, and that's where I was. So I was so, <laughs> utterly shocked to see Sam Darnold wheel into this. I like that you this. have so much in- institutional knowledge of the Delta structure at LAX. Oh, I mean, it's <laughs> don't get me started on that airport. But Sam Darnold uh, rolled in with um, what seemed to be a manager, agent, handler type individual, and they had purchased food somewhere else, and they were sitting at this counter, uh, and it was just me and the two of them. And, you know, a couple of jabronis came up right away and wanted to sh- shake hands with Sam Darnold. And, and he, was, he hadn't eaten yet. So I thought that's a, you, broke code th- you broke code there. You got to let him eat his meal. Coronavirus and stuff, too. Like, do we need handshakes in this? All time? this stuff. And, but Darnold, here was my takeaway, could not have been any nicer so you to did these go people. Up to him. Oh. Well, no, what I did was I 
acted completely disinterested as if I had no idea that he was <laughs> a human staring of at interest. him for four no, feet I, away. I, I, I made no eye contact. And all I looked at was I waited until they were both completely done with their food, paid their check, and they were about to get up and leave. And I walked over and just basically explained, I'm from this, you know, podcast, blah, 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 <laughs> NFL Network. And, like, you know, before their eyes are glazing over, I had, like, 10 seconds here. I jumped in. I, I really wanted you to be there in place of me. And yeah, I'm not saying that because it. it was a weird thing. Uh, it, had it happened to you, it would have been, like, a life-changing moment, I think. Oh, yeah. That was so loud. That was loud. That was... <laughs> You okay, Dan? Yeah, go ahead. Anyways, I, 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 I was like, I have to get this photo. And I think I was texting you guys being like, should I try to get this photo? And no one's responding. So I'm thinking, I'm just going to either do this. And two things are going to happen. Either one, he's going to say yes, and I'm going to love him from now until the end of time. Or he's going to blow me off, and I'll never forget it the rest of my life. And he <laughs> happily took a photo with me, which I basically sent nice. for you. And it, it did not, I you sent know, it to my dad. Yeah, I'm not going to be completely sold on anyone because of this, but I might be a little bit. And he kind of <laughs> won me over as one of the like nicer it. NFL players I've ever encountered. So, He seems like a nice Darn. guy. He's yeah. a California USC star, obviously. So a lot of people at that airport probably were going up to him uh, during that time. That's it must be weird. It's got to be. It's yeah. like you in London, Mark. Like you just you can't even go down. It's very similar to that. And that's, that's why I've, I've had to reduce my voyages over there. Mm. <laughs> um, all right. We, uh, let's go a little speed round. We're, we've all done our embeddeds now, right? Yeah. Um, all right. Little speed round. Other takeaways from the day. And then just there, so everybody knows, we have a lot more coming up from Indianapolis. Um, in fact, uh, we have, I don't know, this, I already have regrets about this, but Move the Sticks is on our show tomorrow. We're going to speak with him. Uh, and we're going to try to get some other guests in the mix for tomorrow's show. Maybe get Connie Fox in here and get our final uh, entries to the Connie Fox Song Challenge before making an uh, uh, announcement next week on the winner. And um, we'll do some more um, combine talk, kind of looking ahead at, from, a, from a draft perspective. That's coming up tomorrow uh, from Indy. And also a reminder to everyone that the top 101 free agents piece uh, by The Scientist is live. And we'll be doing a, a mini show uh, hitting that and kind of digging into the list. And you'll get that a little later in the week. So we got a lot of content uh, emanating out of beautiful Indianapolis. All, All right. right. Takeaways. How about uh, that John Elway is the only guy on the scheduled press conference list with a star next to his name where it says tentative? that it could be moved to a different time. <laughs> and then throughout the morning, there was just occasional updates of, okay, John Elway's going to be here at this time. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, John Elway's going to be at this podium at 1220. And then it was like, actually, no, John Elway's not going to be here. Now he's going to move his podium over here. This preferential treatment is for John. Just saying, no one else, <laughs> no one else gets that treatment, even in a, in a sea of very famous <laughs> Uh, outside NFL, of Bill Belichick, who just doesn't show NFL up. NFL figures, he gets sort of this this special uh, diva treatment can that I, no one else. Can does. I point out? And he did eventually speak. And Wes and I, it was a nice little moment. Wes and I both grew up, you know, as diehard NFL fans. And if you are of a certain age, uh, Elway is a legendary figure. He's an icon. As much as fun as I have with him as a management figure on this podcast, he's one of those guys. He's one of those dudes that's just like an icon. 
And, uh, you know, he Elway seemed a little refreshed this year. He had a different kind of look to him than in past years at this event. He, normally his voice is like a croak, as if he had been in the bar for like <laughs> 17 hours a night before. And who knows if he has. But this time he did look fresh. And you sort of called him John Wayne. This is a man. What a life this guy's led. Yeah. Beginning with being like one of the best quarterback prospects in the history of the game, his dad being his coach, orchestrating the trade away from the Colts, ending up in Denver, dragging some bad teams to the Super Bowl, then actually winning some Super Bowls, then winning Super Bowl as a GM. This guy's done everything. Right, he's like, he's like, you really am I really gonna sweat Brock Osweiler? It's like, give me a break. He's not gonna <laughs> worry about his little bad uh, decisions here or there. He he uh, he made sure to say that Drew Locke though is their guy, about as you know aggressively as he could. That that it feels different being here, knowing that they have their quarterback, which is like, wow. I'll give you a couple little things. I know. But I have um, one because I, I was. Please jump in. Yeah, I had Fangio. I sat on his presser since. So we're here when. When they talked about Locke is our guy and Fangio was on board with that as well, um, when they said about who's going to be behind him, he mentioned Rip and Allen. And, and Allen is Brandon Allen. Rip is Brett Rippin. Or, yeah, Rippin, right? Yeah. St. Yeah. Mark Rippin? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, Joe Flacco didn't even get mentioned. So that tells you everything you need to know. He's not, getting cut. Not that anybody thought that Flacco was in the Broncos' plans in 2020, but even to the point where Fangio – uh, when he's just like stream of consciousness, he's not even on the radar. So just expect that to quickly come off the well, books. Well, I think they've seen the light. I, the, the one thing I take away about the combine is that, and this is, I include myself, number one, at the top of the list. It is late February. Um, people have been through hell covering football for the last four or five months. I mean, a, a first-class version of hell. But it, they no one could look any worse. Every journo and everyone involved looks absolutely as bad as they look all year long. Pasty. I mean, some of the smells coming off of some of these people this morning were unbelievable. And there was the one guy, every combine, the one guy who's working on a, a gigantic oh, yeah. think piece and roved from individual to individual with the hot question about why aren't there as many left-handed quarterbacks as right-handed oh, quarterbacks? And I mean, I, I'm sure it'll be a wonderful piece, but just having to, this guy got into my hemisphere like 14 times. <laughs> you have 15 minutes. The assembled media has 15 minutes with these coaches and GMs. And when this, when the jabronis get on their feature piece, oh, my it, God. especially when it happens, when it's the two more for coach. And then this jabroni rolls in and asks two questions about left-handed quarterbacks, and it's like, oh, so now we don't get, like, multiple questions that we could have been addressing important things about the team for that guy's piece. I think 16 answers for lefty quarterbacks was enough. You don't (laughs) need 18. It's like they're all boring quotes. Give me an oral history. It's a selfish social faux pas because, as a general rule, the questions being asked – or for the whole group. We can all get answers out of them. But this guy's coming along with something that nobody else is getting answers out of except him. I, I also dislike the deep wide receiver class guy. Every oh, every yeah. every uh, coach <laughs> yeah. every coach in the GM gets it. This is a pretty deep wide receiver class. I was surprised at, at Mike Brabel's presser. No one asked about Tannehill or Brady for a solid five, six, seven minutes. And maybe it was because they all know Brabel enough that when he went to the side, which I – I followed with, and he did talk about Brady a little. He was golden, and he's like, he's getting after people when he doesn't like the question, but in a fun way, but letting you know who the alpha is. Like, mm. like 
someone kind of mentioned a question about their offense needing to improve and like where where they needed to improve. And he was like, "Well, I don't know." He's like, "You seem to know a lot about what our team needs." And the other guy was just like, "Humana, humana." He's like, "He's like, well, we were we had seven yards for play. That was second in the league. I guess that seemed pretty good to me." But if if Vrabel was trying to make anyone think that they were bringing back Tannehill or that he was closing the door, it's like it really felt like he was making it clear that their options are open and maybe Brady would be someone they were, would be interested in. They asked about his relationship and he's like, my relationship's undefeated. Like this guy can't beat me. And saying that, you know, they, they go back and forth, they practice together and he extolled all the positives of Brady uh, in terms of preparing for him and was very, very noncommittal despite Ryan Tannehill's excellent second half of the season. Maybe that's, negotiating or maybe not I think we have to remember that all these guys work for 32 owners who you know outside of the, anyone with any quarterback question that owner would love to have Tom Brady on the team mm. no matter what stage of his career he's in um some quick takeaways Zach Taylor as I said I sat in on that presser I didn't ask I don't tend to ask a ton of questions because I get self-conscious about stepping on the beat writer's toes but when it's as quiet as the Cincinnati area was um, I had to jump in and ask about AJ Green. Uh, I asked him. I asked Zach Taylor how confident he is that AJ Green is a Bengal in Week One. He said very confident, and uh, and it, it. And then I asked a follow up question, and he you know said a lot of you know positives about Green. And there was a, there's a report out there that Green might be unhappy and he might want out. So I don't know if this is a a situation where it's like you know put it in pen, but it, I did. It does make sense why Zach, Zach Taylor, who didn't get to enjoy any of the spoils of having A.J. Green in his first year as a coach, is going to want that guy in the building. And he spoke, um, you know, in a, in a way that made me think that he will be there. Uh, Dave Caldwell, GM of the Jaguars, they were asked about Gardner Minshew and Nick Foles. Here we go. And I just thought it was interesting that um, he did point. He did make a point to say he likes an off schedule QB, which was a buzzword I heard a couple times, buzz phrase, uh, which it would be Gardner Minshew. And off schedule means a guy that can make plays when the pocket gets muddy. That is not Nick Foles uh, nearly as much as it is Gardner Minshew. Uh, but they were two guys and they will compete, it sounded like. But who knows? It, it, he made it sound to me that they are very excited about Minshew and how he could fit with Jay Gruden. He kept He pointed out that Minshew had better stats than Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones, in his opinion, um, that he had the best rookie stats of, of any quarterback, uh, that that the wi- like wins are the most court- important quarterback stat, and Gardner Minshew Uh-oh, don't won. tell don't tell half of Twitter that. Right. Um, <laughs> but just the, the support and love in his eyes that he thought that that was a quarterback that they could build around. He used those words. And, and then he threw in a couple things that, you know, obligatory about Foles, but he, he certainly sounded like, they want to they want to move forward with with Minshew and they weren't sure if they would bring Calais Campbell back depending on some hmm. other moves. I thought the Chiefs came out very strong on wanting to do whatever it takes to keep Chris Jones and also when asked about Sammy Watkins Andy Reid said that Sammy's in a good place, a great place and basically said he didn't really understand what um Watkins, what what the, the retirement hubbub was hmm. about, the comments he made, making it sound like we're good with him. James so. Palmer indicated uh on our network today that Unless Watkins is going to take a pay cut, then he's probably not going. Then he's not going to be a member of the. Chiefs. Brett Veach, to that point, 
said that they hope to, quote, bridge a gap with Sammy Watkins. So that means take a haircut, industry mm. parlance, uh, <laughs> lose some of that money that, that he has coming his way. I think with Zach Taylor, when you hear that A.J. Green quote, you immediately think, okay, well, they're definitely tagging him. Like, they, they do telegraph some tags. Matthew Judon, I think, is getting tagged based on what DaCosta said. Chris Jones is getting tagged. Justin which Simmons. mentioned. Justin Simmons, John Elway just flat out said they're going to tag him if they can't get a deal. And then Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry was yeah. the other one hmm. where Tom Telesco, he didn't say it, but basically said that that's one. And Corey Littleton in, in Los Angeles, I don't think that would be a huge shock. The number's so high. Uh, for them to tag him, but they, they made it clear kind of he's their priority, uh, maybe over Dante Fowler and uh, Michael Brockers, and that they're going to bring back Andre, Andrew Whitworth, too. Speaking of Telesco, let me ask you guys a question. Who is Kyle Smith? He's a that guy. He's with Washington <laughs> football franchise in a vice president of player personnel role. He's basically their Duke Tobin, who does the same thing for the Bengals, yet they won't call him a GM. Mm. But Kyle Smith is working hand in glove with Ron Rivera now, and they're running the show. Kyle Smith is running the draft, but he, here's an interesting fact. Not only is he the son of a GM, A.J. Smith, long t- I think 10 years a GM in the NFL, um, went to the same high school in Buffalo as Tom Telesco, Chargers GM, David Caldwell, Jaguars GM, Chris Pullian, NFL executive and son of Bill Pullian, uh, and Brian Dable, offensive coordinator of the Bills. They all went to St. Francis what High School in Buffalo. What is going on at that high school? Interesting. Uh, and he did talk about Dwayne Haskins. More effusive praise than I would have expected, said, I'm really excited about Dwayne. Everyone saw how he ascended in the second half of last year. I didn't expect the word ascended hmm. about Dwayne Haskins. The, the whole building is excited about him. He's got the right stuff. We think he's got a bright future. They love Dwayne Haskins. Hmm. The most difficult to clock, you know, the term clock, you know, recognize or whatever. See, yes, Kyle Smith <laughs> is there. Duke Tobin, Eric DeCosta. These are all guys you just mentioned. David Caldwell. That was my most difficult to clock list. When I saw them, I, it, either I didn't know who they were or it took me a minute to piece it together based on what they were saying. And they all they you all just mentioned those guys. Right. They're all a bunch of generic bros. But. Well, DaCosta did not go to this school. Oh, Telesco and, and David Caldwell. <laughs> okay. But, cool. yeah, um, Kyle Smith, I had never seen him before. I didn't know what he looked mm. like. But he's a confident guy, obviously knows football really well. Uh, A.J. Smith kind of uh, you know, built one of the most talented rosters of the last 20 years and then blew it up yeah, partly of a because, controversial... his, because of his ego got out of control yeah. and, like, they were fighting for credit with Marty Schottenheimer. I'm going to blow through, Please. like, one no things because we try to hit almost every team, if not every team. Uh, Doug, Did we say Doug Peterson wants Jason Peters back? Uh, okay. Peterson also said there's, quote, no issue between Alshon Jeffrey and Carson Wentz. Howie also said they, they're ready to spend after, after a few years uh, keeping what they had, that this begins a three-year period of building up and spending. Interesting. Steve Keim, the Cardinals GM on David Johnson. David's a guy that because of his work ethic, because of his ability to create mismatches in the passing game, he's a guy that we still value. So it sounds like they want to bring him back or maybe it's just the financial reality that they're stuck with him. Uh, we'll see. He's also Keim. He's dropped, he's dropped a significant amount of LBSs, and he showed up um, in kind of tight jeans. Uh, they were, what do they call those, ankle cut jeans? And... Uh, like a cool Henley 
This is Steve Kimbaum. Skinny Cr- jeans. Great shoes. Skinny jeans. LBSs is one of the worst shortenings for pound <laughs> possible. It's like three more syllables. And to top off the outfit, the outfit, he was wearing Louis Vuitton slip-on uh, shoes. Louis Vuitton. Did you expect the Kimbaum? I feel like he has, uh, you know, his version of Vuitton the bomb coming into his life. You know, he, reconstructing well, the wardrobe. The, I think the difference there would be Kime has. Always mm. dressed fairly well. I don't think I have always. <laughs> I would I was, not call. I was not clocking his wardrobe. Packer, uh, to, Packers to coach Matt Lafleur never a doubt about keeping Mike Pettin after a disastrous NFC title game. Uh, Bob Quinn to Matthew Stafford. We're not trading you. Period. Uh, Matt Patricia. Interesting. I was checking out Patricia. Um, the pencil is tucked behind the ear, even at this event. Uh, and then I was thinking about the pencil. It's a yellow pencil, like a standard. 1950s classroom pencil. He has to bring those. He has to pack those. It's his brand. What happens if he forgets them? Does he have to send an intern to like a Rite Aid in Indianapolis? I mean, you put them in your backpack. How hard is that? But the fact that he has to pack the pencils for it's almost like a costume he's wearing. At all forced, it feels a, a, a it feels like a shtick. Don't you pack pack pens wherever you go? Maybe not. Well, I don't. It's not a part of my fashion. John Lynch on Jimmy Garoppolo. He has not come close to hitting his ceiling. Did I tell you that I think that Adam Gase had dip in his back pocket, but it could yes, have been bubble did. tape. I got that. <laughs> and uh, my one one kind of uh, vague takeaway um, or general takeaway from listening to all the coaches, did I mention what a joke that the Patriots aren't involved with this event? <laughs> you've, it's over. Uh, you've hit on that. You're not better than everyone else. I mean, they're here. Get back in the uh, the press conference room. This league has officially leapfrogged our league. Now, I don't know if you could say that in the broadcast booth, and we're gonna. I'll be tracking this closely come September. But amongst league personnel, this league is now the preferred nomenclature over. I, I our think. League. I think that even uh, even with Aikman and a few others towards the end of the year, they started to move off that, and that feels like producers mm. with engagement on Twitter realizing like this is starting to become spiraling out of control and becoming corny, corny, and telling them in production meetings stop saying our league, and they shifted over to this league, which I find they e- can't just equally say NFL. tedious. Mm. <laughs> Anything else, boys? You mentioned Lafleur ran into him uh, in the elevator and, and then on the way to our floor in our hotel. Oh. He remembered uh, He remembered his podcast appearance. That I, is I, awesome. I suggested that, uh, you know, maybe that's what kicked off. Uh, it was good luck. Kicked off a good season. Did for, you bring up the podcast for, or he just no, went out? No, I did. Okay. Not only that, I was like, I didn't even know he was in the elevator, and I was doing the bad thing where I was just had my head down and was on my phone, and he, uh, and he, um, you know, said hello to me, and it was uh, it was great. And he's going now with you know I, we've had different conversations about whether he looks young, looks old. He's now doing a perma perma stubble thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think it's working. I've got some uh, lightning round things. Okay. Uh, the Bucks are higher on O.J. Howard this year than they were last year when they weren't sure how he's going to fit Bruce Arians. Okay. They love him as a blocker, think he's getting better as a receiver and knows the offense better. Hell the, yeah. The Colts are high on Paris Campbell. They have big expectations for him. I know that all of their guys were injured at the end of last year. They love him. And Kerry Willis, a safety, Chris Ballard mentioned him in the same sense as Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard, a guy who stepped in day one and was an NFL starter, and we think he's going to be that guy for a long time. They love him. I got a couple quick ones. Sean McVay, he is awesome at this. We've seen this in person where without ever having met 
anyone who's asking the question. He knows everyone's full name, and he, and he, he is a skilled orator. But he talked up Daryl Henderson at running back and Tyler Higby, and I just feel like this Rams team, because, you know, McVay is ditching the combine and going back and working with his newly formed coaching staff, that they are they understand to some degree that they're in a bit of transition with elements of their offense, and he seemed very upbeat about the whole thing. And from the Falcons' side... One note, John Bones Fossil was on the same flight as McVeigh and Les Snead and the old Zeuser. Mm. Awkward. Awkward. I don't know if it was awkward, but they were I don't know. Same. I would imagine <laughs> yeah. they're still friends to yeah, some degree. Just, they were on the same flight. Falcons letting Austin Hooper hit the market. They definitely are. That, well, that was... Yeah, that they, was he announced they, that. They he said... said he yeah. said... Uh, Hooper and Devondre Campbell will hit the free agent. He right. will have suitors. And didn't Dimitrov, or I don't know who it was, Quinn, it was say that McKinley, Tack McKinley, McKinley no the option wasn't option. being picked up, and yeah. then apparently they backtracked on that one. So it's like, oh, no, I almost said something. Newsworthy. Must backtrack. <laughs> so we'll see. we'll see. Hey, that's good. Hunter Henry getting the franchise tag is great news for Austin Hooper. Yeah, yeah. If, that, if that does happen, and we were kind of connecting the dots, he said that, you know, Telesco, the Chargers GM, saying that was a, a strong option for – for Henry, yeah, someone's going to pay Austin Hooper a an lot. extraordinary amount of money. Did I mention that um, <laughs> Jets GM tape, yes. Joe Douglas um, thinks that Brian Winters, their guard, really <laughs> showed a lot of fight uh, dealing with a very painful <laughs> shoulder injury that he played through all season? Wow, that and, made it through uh, the filter. And, That's, uh, uh, he's the only Jet under contract on that line, and what a warrior he was in 2019. Did I mention that? No. Okay. No. Now I have. Anything else? All right. Mark's wearing a bathrobe. Now here comes the real test. Does he walk back to the hotel? I told you I would, so okay, I will. Good. All right. Well, we'll but have to update the listeners on Wednesday's show. What happened? I, you have to walk with me, though. I'm not oh, walking like a, lone, like a lone nut. It would be weird. Why wouldn't we walk? Because uh, I could see you deciding, oh, this isn't going well, <laughs> and like peeling off and suddenly. Oh, I'll you be know. filming it. Okay. All right. Wes, you will be filming it for the ATN podcast on Instagram. Uh, Ricky, great oh, work yeah. on the production. Thank you, thank you. There's that one mark drop that injured us all permanently. Yeah, me too. It yeah. really, that really Tough came sitch. off hot in a big spot. Yeah, but, uh, we'll be all right. <laughs> Other than that, in a big all right. Spot. <laughs> like I said, we're back tomorrow uh, with a great show. <laughs> guests, combine talk, Indy, and tonight St. Elmo steak dinner. Mark's gonna get a big old T-bone. He's breaking his diet, and he's saying, "I'm embracing the w- the world of flesh once again." No, I, I I think the more clean prediction is I'll drop like $120 for a Caesar salad or something. <laughs> we're, you know, ridiculous we're, by the way, we were talking about this. <laughs> Mark literally hasn't eaten all day, and now he's gonna just get a hundred. And the idea, the idea that Mark is getting on cheated on the bill when you are making up the bill in other ways. I'll just put it that way. You're making up for it. We'll see. I mean, I, you know, I, I have a... Just I, a, based on know, history, you find ways to get that tap I, I to rise I mentioned, I mentioned Plus, that... Plus, Raj, Raj, is, Raj is has a per diem for us, so that's taking a big chunk, if not most of it, out. Yeah, I didn't what, say what 100. I said, like, 120, about? 140, 160, because someone's getting, like, <laughs> you know, pork butt with, like, extra shards of bone in it or something. Please. Excuse me, do you have the pork butt with extra shards of bone? Ah, give me that pork butt. So that is out of season. If your pork butt has shards of bone, you're not cooking it right. Fresh out. All right, let's go. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Dr. Quiet Storm. You do look like a doctor, too. The mailman, the old boss, Ricky Hollywood, from Lucas Oil Stadium. We say, till tomorrow. 
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.